Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with The Fall Guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall guy. Fall guy. Fall guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. Happy Thursday, Bears fans, and welcome back to another episode of the CHGO Bears podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, America's top-rated sportsbook. Download the app and use promo code CHGO when you sign up. And what is up, everybody? It's Thursday, and it's Will DeWitt and Nicholas Moriano for a CHGO Audible Day, and we are officially three weeks from round one of the 2023 NFL Draft. Nick, are you ready? I'm ready, Will. Um, three weeks, it's going to get by. It's going to get here quick, and I think it's about time because the more we keep talking about these draft prospects, we're going to keep changing our minds, and we're going to give some some potential guys in this episode today, but I'm ready. 21 days. Let's go. 21 days until we find out what Ryan Poles has up his sleeves for yet another draft. The second draft, by the way, as Chicago Bears general manager, and today we're going to share as of April 6th, who we would draft with the ninth overall pick. I know last week we talked about, well, what happens if the Bears trade it back and what does that look like? And if there is a right or a wrong decision, can you go offense or defense and be wrong there if you do stay at nine? So I'm excited to kind of build off of that conversation and see where today takes us, Nick. And before we get into who we would each take at number nine, I want you to be honest. How many times did you change your mind preparing for today's show with who you would take with this ninth pick because man i bet you if we did this show three hours from now i probably would have changed my mind again it felt like every other hour between uh last night and here this afternoon like i kept changing my mind but i'm gonna stick with it now we're live i can't change it yeah well honestly the one of the guys the guy that you had i was really set on you know him being an, a, a very feasible option for the bears and we'll get into who that guy is in a little bit but yeah, this week, it's this particular player that you guys will hear about in a little bit. And honestly, next week, Will, I can convince myself that it can be an entirely new position and just, you know, a new player in general. But I feel like this entire process, it's been it's been fluctuating with what guys I like. Not that I don't like any of the guys. I could just see the Bears taking any number of these guys mm. so it's, it's just that's how it is for me it's not like people that I don't like and we might have a discussion on that as well but yeah it, it fluctuates for me I'm literally still in the camp of I was looking at the board like damn I would just trade down like obviously we're doing mm -hmm. a segment of staying at nine and we can live with that that's not a problem today but I will be honest when I look at the board and how I, it looks like it could shake out I would stay, uh, sorry, I would not stay at number nine. I would trade down because there's a lot of players I feel like I would reach for that I would rather have in the teens, maybe that early, like that early 20, like we talked about, to get a third first round pick next year mm -hmm. in our pockets. Um, but I'm excited to kind of go through this uh, process here. We have a super chat uh, from Joey D, internet down company wide. No one is working. So I get to tune into the live show. Glad it's a Chicago Audible day. Joey, glad you're here. Uh, I have not really seen you in the chat too often. Uh, obviously, you talk about being at work usually. So, hooray for the internet being down. And thank yeah, you. Yeah, I'm glad the internet's chat. down. Hell yeah. Come hang out with us, Joey. That's always a good option. Awesome. Uh, before we get into it, if you haven't yet, like this video, smash that button, shatter the like button, break the pieces the like button, whatever floats your boat. Just, just click that little thumbs up. We would really appreciate it. Uh, Nick, any other housekeeping items that we need to take care of before we get into the nitty gritty? Uh, you know, the only other thing, uh, if you haven't heard, we're having a live draft 
two parties in, in a row go. back to back right so um if you have an opportunity go check it check it out on allchgo.com will i know you're planning on being there you're gonna have most of the people from chgo bears a lot of people from chgo there and of course a bunch of bears fan a bunch of bears fans at joe's so it's gonna be a really good time fun time for everybody and we'll all get to see who ryan pulls you know gets a draft if you're watching the show here you can see we have a premium drink package Joe's Bar, 940 West Weed Street, April 27th and 28th. It's going to be a great time. So if you have an opportunity, please go check it out and, you know, get to hang out with a bunch of the people at CHO and a bunch of Bears fans. There you go. I can't wait to go up there for it. I haven't been in the city for a couple of months now. It goes by so fast here in the offseason. I'm excited to kind of go back up there, catch up with you guys. Last time I saw you was at the Combine. And, of course, yeah. break down this Bears draft as it unfolds. And I expect both nights to be full of some drama, some action. And of course, just getting to meet new fans uh, like like we do at the tailgate. It's going to be a great experience. I'm trying to get Mr. Brandon to join me to come down on Friday. Oh, that'd be dope. The, I haven't reached out to him yet, but I do have a strong feeling I can convince him to go. And Mason West giving us the wave. Hey, Mason, it's technically a throwback episode now fully uh, if you're here, even though it's just your avatar, but I appreciate it. We got to find a way to get it done we just had to have a set day we've been kind of fluctuating with some other stuff lately time out too i'm gonna to put myself on record this needs to happen mason i have your christmas gift still in my oh. living room it is still wrapped now i'm putting myself on blast i need to get that to you you already sent me your address but how look it's inexcusable i will drop it off this week what, what today's thursday i will drop it off by the end of this week i promise i'm putting myself accountable and macy you can blast me on twitter if i don't but that that gift that's still in my living room is getting delivered by the end of this week it's happening wow that's pretty bad nick it is oh, april terrible. 6th it is terrible and i was it's gonna happen it's happening accountability don't worry and hopefully we'll maybe we'll take a picture whatever but it's happening I trust you. Uh, I don't know if I should. I don't think history says <laughs> I should based off of your track record here, but I'm going to trust it gets done and I can't wait to see what that is. I'm sure Mason will text us as soon as, uh, you know, the group chat, uh, as soon mm -hmm. as you finally deliver the goods, Nick, deliver the goods. It's about time. <laughs> <laughs> All right. With that, let's go ahead and get into the official, you know, we're on the clock. It's the ninth overall pick. You have a big board. I have a big board. I'm sure they're similar. Uh, but who would you take? Like, who would you pound your fist on the table for? Maybe that's strong, <laughs> but it's April 6th. Who is that guy as of today that you would take at number nine? And here we go. Will had a very key phrase in there, just in case it went over somebody's head. As of today, who are you taking with the number ninth overall pick? I'm about to piss a lot of people off here with my guy. Going with Lucas Van Ness with the number nine overall pick. I think when we think about what, what Ryan Poles, Matt Eberflus are looking for in a defensive lineman. Wouldn't we say that the six foot five, 272 pound, 34 inch, ran a four, five, eight, 40 guy fits physically what, what they want out of that kind of prospect. It checks the boxes, right? Long arms, talented. And he did a lot of his production, obviously. And we all know this now without being a starter, even though he played the most defensive line snaps and tied tied for the big 10 in 46 quarterback pressures and that's third best in the big 10 and tied for 17th in power five and now here's like to also give you what people nationally are thinking about lucas van Ness. not just me the guy I, yes i went to the university of iowa i know maybe there's a little bias in there but here we'll we'll kind of run through a couple of the big big name publications here the athletic bruce feldman just had a mock draft and had coaches input in this van ness at number eight, he has him going to the Atlanta Falcons, the athletic big board. He ranked number 10 best prospect. Let's go to Eric Edholm, who has been on the CHO Bears podcast before. Out of the top 100, Van Ness number 17, and wrote Van Ness easily could end up being viewed as one of the top 10 players from this class. And Daniel Jeremiah from the NFL Network. I think a lot of people you know, respect his opinion, his evaluation on prospects has him ranked number 14 overall. And this is, I think, the most important part about a guy like Van Ness. Overall, Van Ness has ideal traits, and his best football is ahead of him. And that's where I want people to maybe just kind of, 
if even whatever bias you have against Van Ness or how you even think about him, his best football is ahead of him. He has the traits. He has the ability, the athletic ability, the three-cone drill. He did really well in that. He has everything that you want in a prospect, and now it's just going to take you know, guys like the Bears coaching staff. So this would be Travis Smith, the D-line coach, and the assistant, Justin Hines, to really develop a talent like this. And Travis Smith has had he's had some some pedigree, some history with doing this. Max Crosby was a six-round draft pick. Not supposed to be maybe this guy that is supposed to be highly touted, one of the best defensive edge rushers in the game. Look at him now. And he was able to work with him there when he was with the Raiders. So giving it to you right now, as of today, April 6th, Lucas Van Ness is my guy. I will pound the table, go up to that podium and announce it with conviction. Lucas Van Ness to the Bears at number nine. Let's go. Flake says, nothing wrong with them, but I feel like we could trade back and get them. Yes, Essentially, you, it's it's borderline based off of what you were just sharing there, Nick. But yeah, and I talked about that a few minutes ago. Like, I would trade this pick all day, every day, if the board falls. If like someone like a Tyree Wilson falls to our laps, I would definitely consider that. And he's mm-hmm. you know visiting yeah. with the Bears. So they're still, I guess, keeping contact, even though the Bears are out of like the top five right now. But I'll digress. I saw a couple comments that brought a name that just sent, I don't know, shivers down my spine, but it made me, it put a bad taste in my mouth. And it's Shay McClellan, Nick. Is that a fair comp? Or I, I, you're already saying no. So just tell me why it's wrong. I just don't think Shay McClellan was ever the, the athlete or the guy that even Van Ness, you know, like the floor for Van Ness is like whatever Shay McClellan's ceiling could have been. And when I remember when that when that draft pick was made, God, I remember just like, wait, Shane McClellan, Boise State, why, why are we, you know, just there's a lot of question marks with that. But uh, yeah, I, I know, I know, Gary, Gary, we, I hopefully, I hope we can still be friends, even though I'm putting Lucas Van Ness to the Bears, and I know you don't like him very much, but I think again, we got to think about a lot of these picks that are made too. It's what can they be with the right coaching and the potential. And that's a part of this process. It's not just production. There's a lot of players that don't have the production in college that end up being really good players in the NFL. And that kind of fits with Lucas Van Ness never being a starter, but yeah, the Shane McClellan thing, we're just going to throw that out the window and pretend like it wasn't even mentioned. And sure. You mentioned one last question. I'll get to mine. You mentioned a little bit of bias, maybe at play here. If he played for any other school in the big 10, would you still pick him here at number 10? Like, would he be someone still on your radar? Or is it because of the familiarity that you have watching him more on a weekly basis throughout the college season? Because I know you love to watch your Hawkeyes. Does that help him right here? Or would he still be your number nine pick if he went somewhere else? I'm just curious. And obviously you may not know this fully, but it's just a thought that kind of popped through my mind. Well, honestly, Will, to be completely, I think we see even more production out of him. To be completely mm. honest, because we're seeing him still have the most defensive line snaps, but he's not on the field every single down. So I wonder if he did go to a program that, you know, maybe doesn't have that solidified starter. and Maybe you can, you know, allocate more blocking towards his direction. But I think we just see more out of him because, again, during, you know, I was just weird how they do, you know, the whole bias with seniors. But, yeah, that's just my honest opinion of it. And I, that's what I would like to see, like, when he gets drafted to an NFL team, like, yeah, he's going to get more reps. And on this Bears defensive front, Will, they're asking for people to just, you know, get some reps in at defensive line to show them something. So I think it would be a good opportunity for to showcase, you know, how much he still needs to learn, but also what he's still capable of. All right. I appreciate you uh, answering some of my, my uh, like mild grilling uh, that was coming, you know, your way from me. Uh, I usually problem. don't, uh, but trying to get a little bit of that banner back all right so for me at pick number nine i went offense which i found really interesting because we talked about is there a right or a wrong answer inside of the ball to address here and we each went opposite so i think if we go back a week ago we can tell ourselves no mm-hmm. there isn't a wrong answer <laughs> but i'm gonna go with broderick sweet feet jones uh for my ninth overall pick here who you said was your guy until you kind of talked yourself into van ness man we would have both had jones because i, I feel mm-hmm. like i kept coming back to him even though i changed my mind a couple of times and I talked about him last week. I know you guys talked about him yesterday, so I don't know how deep of analysis we should go here, but I love his ability to reach the second level uh, over there at the left tackle position. 
He's able to hit that second level and kind of cut off those second level defenders, whether it's a linebacker, a safety, a corner. He can really help the Bears in that second area of the field. He's tremendous at pulling. There's a few different plays that mm-hmm. I saw when he's pulling from the left to the right to be like the lead blocker on a specific play. And he's already kind of crossed the face of the quarterback while the handoff is still in process. Like that quick, that quickness and that straight speed is on display. And you talk about why do linemen need to run like in the combine, like place like this, you want to see mm-hmm. if they can go out there, flip sides of the field and still be your lead blocker. Uh, so as a run blocker, I, I think he does everything the bears want. I know at Georgia, they ran a lot of power, not a lot of zone. And when they did run zone, his technique wasn't nearly as good as the power, but everything you see from like the physical makeup, makes me believe that he's a guy that just with more experience and coaching, like he can pick it up. There's nothing about every, his tool set that says he can't do it. It's just that he wasn't asked to do it a lot. And then as a pass protector, big upgrade here for the Bears too. He can anchor, he can mirror those guys. And I love his strength. He loves to use his hands, mm-hmm. his really strong hand. And when he's like punching there, like right away, can get that initial punch. He can displace an edge rusher and get him off their trajectory and make him take a much wider angle, knock him out of the play. And those are things that the Bears have not had at the tackle position uh, at some time. And, and again, to me, what I take him at nine, I, I am as of today, Ideally, trade down scenario. Uh, I still love that quote I shared last week about football is what I love. I breathe football. It's all I ever want to do. And he's someone that with his lack of game experience at the collegiate level, I still feel like he's scratching the surface. Uh, He's polished yet raw, if that makes sense. And the Bears can really help him reach new heights and become a top tier tackle for this team. My only question, and I guess I can ask you because I'm going through it, I don't have an answer, is if they draft him at nine, does he become the Bears' left tackle? And then you have to figure out what happens to Braxton Jones because I feel like most of his experience was at left tackle. I would keep him there. I wouldn't want to shift him. You can draft right tackles in the top 10. The Lions did it with Soul. Uh, the Giants did it too just the other year too. I forgot the name. I had it in my notes, but it's escaping me right here. Uh, but regardless, ah, Evan Neal uh, is someone they drafted mm-hmm. in the top 10, who's also now their starting right tackle. So you can draft tackles in the top 10 who can play on the right side. You don't have to just go left. But I feel like he would go left, Jones being. And then Braxton, I know we have two B. Joneses over here. <laughs> and then Braxton may have to go right. And I was thinking about like how much they were talking about Dex Sanborn at the end of the year. Like, oh, we love that we saw the Jack and we can build around him. And then they signed two linebackers to kind of push them down to the Sam. Mm-hmm. So I think that could be an open option. What would you do? Yeah, I think um, when I spoke with Brandon Thorne, who knows about offensive line play, kind of asked like a similar question, but about Paris Johnson Jr. If you draft him at left tackle, does he automatically go start? He said, yeah, you put your top 10 pick at the left tackle and you move Braxton Jones. I think that would be the play here. And especially with Eberflus leaving it open for Braxton Jones moving to that, that right side. I think that's going to be... The best way that you can get your more probably more effective pass blocker, and you know, Broderick Jones still needs some things he needs to work on. Like as much as I love him, there are some some inconsistencies in his pass sets. I think you know his hands, like he has strong hands, but sometimes they end up on the outside of the defensive lineman's uh, shoulder pads, which doesn't help him there. And he likes to put his head down. But yeah, the, I saw the, the head upside, down thing too. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. So so much. I think out of like the three, let's say the three top tackles, Paris Johnson Jr. Pierce Gronsky, even though I think he'll move inside. And then Broderick, I think he has the most upside, to be completely honest. Because once he gets those little technical things down, the way he goes to second level, the way he fits his blocks, the way he finishes his blocks, mm-hmm. that's why I wanted to put him as my guy on this one. But I'm glad you're, you, we were able to talk about two different players here because he's really enticing for this, this wide zone scheme that the Bears like to run. So, But to answer your question, I think he will be your left tackle. And there might be some growing pains there. Like, look, he's not a finished product, but that's all right. And then you would ultimately have Braxton Jones on the right side, unless the Bears go out and sign like a veteran later on, someone gets cut. But that's how I would see it shaping out. I almost went in the JSN again, but just because we had him in the mock draft just a couple of weeks ago, I, mm-hmm. I, I was like, let's do something a little bit different here. And that's a, another reason why I went with Jones. There's one play, talk about his ability to finish blocks. I, I did called like a toss uh, to the left side. And his goal was to get to the corner and just 
open it up. And by golly, did he open the floodgates because he took this corner and launched him a couple of yards back and he landed right on his back. It was it was impressive to see. Obviously, he should win those matchups against corners, Mm -hmm. but his ability to get out there quickly and not just make the block but make the block and make an impact block and really open a rushing lane uh, was impressive. And even in the inside of the tackles, like when he would go up and like you're double teaming the edge and then you would go up and try to find a backer, like his ability to seal him off is good. But when you see him in the zone scheme, which the Bears run a lot, there's a lot of times he allow those defenders to kind of cross his face and it kind of eliminates some of those potential cutback lanes. I know someone mm-hmm. named Khalil Herbert Loves to go fine, so he will need to kind of improve that technique, not just as a pass rusher, I'm sorry, pass blocker, but also as a run blocker in zone. I don't think it'll take a lot, but it will be something he will have to work on. Yeah, it's going to be an adjustment period. Like all these draft prospects, they are not a finished product. And by, you know, with some NFL coach, you're hoping that they can reach their, their potential. But another thing I love about Broderick Jones is just keep talking about him. There were a couple of plays I was watching his game against uh, LSU, and they had B.J. Ojolari there. So there were a couple of good matchups that Broderick Jones had to go against in one-on-one, but there were times where he didn't have someone to block. This dude is always looking to help out his his left guard or whoever it may be. There was a play where he was didn't have anyone um, you know coming at him with with an edge rusher, so he goes out and helps his center, and he has to make some ground to go get that way. And man, he hits a defensive lineman in the ribs and the guy just goes down he the nastiness is natural to him and that's Mm -hmm. something that i don't care like how much coaching you get sometimes you're just not going to see that out of guys for broderick jones it's it's natural he was on good morning football maybe like a couple weeks ago and he just talked about how football is him like it's exactly it's what he loves to do and then i just think Eberflus and how he's looking at this guy like yes and you know the bears are we're planning on bringing him on a 30 visit, which makes sense. Doesn't mean they're going to draft him, but a lot of things scheme, what the bears are looking for in length, physicality, nastiness, all makes sense with a guy like Roger Jones. Let's kind of go through before we move on to the next segment, just some things that we wouldn't do with the number nine overall pick. I'll be honest. And again, it's only April 6th, but with number nine, if I'm saying a number nine, I don't think I'm drafting a cornerback. Like, I don't think I address corner right there. I understand they could benefit from having another one on this roster. We all know that. But I don't think it's worth investing a top 10 pick at the position right now with Jalen Johnson and Kyler Gordon, both being second rounders with a lot of upside, as we know. Uh, we've seen a lot out of both of them. Uh, I just don't think I would go with the corner right here at nine. You know what? I think if it's if it is Devin Witherspoon there, Will, I, I, I think I'd be all right with it at nine. I know that's going to have a lot of, People shaking their head like you're taking another. So what Ryan Pohl is going to take his first pick in the, you know, the draft is going to be a corner last year with the second round pick right. safety and then another corner. You're not drafting any offensive talent in the you know top two rounds, but I think I'd be all right with Devin Witherspoon. And I'm, I'm on record of saying this. I look B. John Robinson, great talent. I think he's going to be awesome in the NFL. I'm not doing it at nine. I'm just not taking the running back from, from Texas at nine, even though does he make the offense better? Of course he does, mm-hmm. but I'm just not doing it. That's just me. So that's one that, that I'm out on. I don't think at nine, as of today, I'm touching Jalen Carter. Are you, uh, are you, are you back on the fence on it? Cause see, like, I'm still, a, I'm still a no. Yeah. That's something too, that I'm starting to, I think be more open to if he were to make it at nine and you know, that's, that's gotta be something too. Like you, you all faith has to be in Ryan Poles. He did all of his homework. He he checked. He went back and rechecked things that maybe he didn't check in the first meeting at the pro day. But I think I would take a chance on a guy like Jalen Carter if he falls due at nine. And that's that's something we're all like us fans, everyone who's outside looking in like, all right, Ryan Poles, that's on you. You you had to have done your homework because if this backfires, you're going to look like a dumbass. Right. But yep. if it, if you you know, he comes out and he balls out at that three tech position, then you have something there. But I think I'm being more open to that at nine. Oh, man, it's tough. And you would be on him. The good news is, as we've seen in Chicago for Mr. Poles, is you can have a lot of mess ups there and still have a job. Look at Ryan Pace uh, for <laughs> a great example of some longevity you could have, even if you, you can't draft in 
the first round. I don't think I would take a Quentin Johnston. I don't think I would take a Miles Murphy. I don't think Nolan Smith, if you're looking at edge still, I wouldn't wouldn't take it yeah. nine. He's still a little more of a tweener, three, four outside linebacker to me. Uh, is there any other hard nose right now for you at number nine? Uh, I don't know if this is controversial or not, but I don't know if I take Peter Skronsky at nine to mm. because knowing that most likely he will play inside, he's going to be a really good player inside. He really is. But for what the Bears are trying to do to get the best five out there, then what? You're taking out – is Tevin Jenkins out of a job? If you're, like, doing that, if he can't play tackled? For me, at this moment in time, it just isn't isn't the best option if you can go get – better players available at you know different positions especially the tackle position so right now august what the hell we're in april april 6th where did august come from i'm looking at preseason no idea training camp. i have no idea yeah or that yeah training camp um april 6th i'm still with you guys i'm not taking pierce kronsky I love this comment from Philosophy. Uh, He says i wouldn't pick carter at nine but if polls picked him i would trust him (laughs) see that's the thing yeah i think if he does it it's like all right you you see the talent you know the talent's still there it's the person it's his off the field stuff that you have no idea about but maybe in the setting with the bears it's better but it's it's a risk and i think what's one thing i want to say about this before we move on would be you know you just hit a good point like we don't know like a lot of this off the field stuff and luckily for the Bears, they're going to know a lot more than we know, which will really help them make the best decision possible for this team. Obviously, we know the talent. We're talking about potentially taking him at number one just oh, like, what, a month, six weeks ago? Yeah. Time, time's been going by pretty quickly here. But, yeah, just like a month and a half ago, like, oh, maybe we just stay at one and we'll draft Jalen Carter. Or maybe we move down to two and still take Jalen Carter. Like, that was a pretty big consensus. So if they get the information that they need to make that decision at nine, he's there. I heard about that backstop that his agent says that they have at the bottom of the top ten. Some team says they would take him. That could be the Chicago Bears. Again, like, for me personally, with all the knowledge that I know, I don't think I would. But if they know more and it, it you know clears them and they feel good about it, I would embrace it. I don't think I would be pissed off about it. I would be hesitant, uh, but also like understanding they know more than I do and knowledge is power. And let's see what mm-hmm. and you know let them cook. Yeah, let them cook. And you know it's it's a polarizing topic even in the chat. We have people no brainer. Um, if we're taking chance, you take Tyree Wilson over Carter. So it's uh it's a big decision for Ryan Poles. And honestly, well, do you want to see it even get down to that point? When it comes draft night, we're all at you know you're at Joe's and everyone's having a good time. And Jalen Carter, best available, is on the board, and the Bears are on the clock. Do you want to be in that position as like someone who has to then talk about it? Or you're giving me like curious? you're giving me like nervous feelings in my stomach already. <laughs> and it's, we got 21 days, but yeah, I why do I have a feeling we will be in that situation? Like I feel like that's going to be a real life situation for the Bears, and it could be you know a pretty defining moment for Poles' tenure as GM. Obviously, trading the first overall pick was a big one. Getting DJ Moore, huge, but what he's going to do with this pick if he stays at nine, and if it is Carter, like it will have a lot of weight on you know his perception uh, from fans as a GM and how you know mm-hmm. good he is. Yeah, no doubt about it. It's it's going to be fascinating, and I cannot again twenty one days until draft night for for Ryan Poles, and we'll see if he even makes a selection at nine. So we'll see how it goes. And and again, here's the details uh, for both of our nights here of the draft parties, April 27th to 28th at Joe's Bar on Weed Street. Definitely go check out the links in the description here. Uh, Get your tickets now. We have a few different ticket options like VIP sections and some tables and some booths. Definitely go check it out. And we have a premium drink package. And definitely, as we know, Joe's on Weed has a lot of awesome food as well. And don't forget that we're going to have some goose there as well all right before we get into our next segment i need to tell you a little bit about fubo tv and one thing i love about fubo tv is you have 140 and more live channels of sports shows movies and news you can stream live tv from any device my phone my ipad like yeah obviously you can throw it on the tv as well and you can get the most chicago sports for the lowest price and you get a seven day free trial no contact no cable not even a bit of a hassle. Just sign up and start watching. You can have over a thousand hours of cloud DVR included at no extra charge. 
Oh man, this sounds good. My DVR is always full. Watch local teams while traveling. And of course, right now, the college hockey NCAA tournament is on ESPN2, ESPN News, ESPN U. The Frozen Four started today and going through April 8th. So, of course, you can also watch our socks on NBC Sports Chicago with Fubo TV. Just use the link in our description and sign up for 15% off your first month of Fubo Pro. Gotta check out that Fubo, and, and you also gotta check out Shady Rays. You can take on the sun with gear built to last. Our friends at Shady Rays have you covered for the warm weather ahead with premium polarized shades at an affordable price. Shady Rays is an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair that we have worn here at CHGO. Durable frames and extremely clear optics for outdoor adventures. And I have my Shady Rays right in my car, so anytime I go office, gym, wherever it may be, convenient, and I know I'm going to have premium protection with my Shady Ray sunglasses. And what's awesome, if you lose or break your pair, even on day one, and it happens to some people, Shady Ray's told us they can send you a brand new pair, no questions asked. You can wear your Shady Ray's with confidence because they have your back long after your purchase. And exclusively for our listeners, Shady Ray's going to give you the best deal of the season. Go to ShadyRays.com and use the code CHGO for 50% off two or more pairs of polarized sunglasses. Try for yourself. The Shady Rays are rated five stars by over 250,000 people. Awesome stuff. Will DeWitt, Nicholas Moriano here. We are the CHGO Bears podcast today, and we're going through some draft talk. I see the super chat from Daniel trying to bring my friends who's a Vikings fan and proud veteran to the draft party. That's awesome. We'll try to make it and have fun. Hope the Bears draft best available with BPA all the way. Like you have a BPA with your IPA, and that'd be a great Ooh, night, right? It would be a great night. And even if you have Vikings fans, if you want to bring your Packers fan to see how they mess up the draft while we're you know celebrating the Bears, perfect. Uh, more the merrier. It's going to be a good time, regardless if you're a Bears fan or not. <laughs> there we go. So for the second segment of today's episode. Nick thought it would be great since, you know, yesterday we talked about the top five tackles on the podcast. We may as well keep doing our homework and let's look at some of our favorite day two offensive tackles. Apparently I don't need to even do this because I took Broderick Jones at number nine. So like, I'm not going to draft another tackle here in round two, but we're going to act like that never happened. And I definitely have a prospect for you before I get to mine, Nick, who is your favorite day two offensive tackle as of April 6th? As of April 6th, my favorite guy that, you know, the more I'm watching film on him, the more I'm seeing him, you know, just destroy dudes at the second level and making blocks. Anton Harrison, the offensive tackle, left tackle at Oklahoma. Just seeing how one will, he'd fit in this scheme, a lot of outside zone that the Oklahoma Sooners like to run there. He moves his feet. You never see him really stop his feet. And the the anchor and play strength, I think, stands out a lot there, Will. And what also kind of stands out, just kind of seeing what he's able to do, is that when he gets to second level, it's not just about fitting a block and kind of just being there. It's finishing the block and running guys off the screen. There was one play where you you watch the all 22 from the end zone angle and he makes a block, but he goes off screen. And you're like, oh, shoot, I have to go to the sideline angle to see him actually complete this block. And in the process of driving out this linebacker, another corner gets actually blocked in the mix. And you're like, Anton Harrison, you're showing some highlight tapes with this blocking that you're doing here. So it's a guy that I think, you know, will he be, well, could he maybe start out at right tackle, even though he played at the left side at Oklahoma? I don't know. The bears will have to evaluate, see what's best, but that's a guy, the more I'm starting to watch him. Will the play strength stands out. His ability to move in space really stands out. And I think the thing he needs to kind of work on, there's a little bit of inconsistency in the past sets. And I think you could say that for a lot of the, even the top end tackles that are in this draft, like there's some inconsistencies there and he does have strong hands, but a lot like Broderick Jones, sometimes it's miss uh, misplaced those hands. So just kind of getting a little bit sharper with that, but I think he plays with good patience. He, when he gets on an Island at times, He's not waiting for he's waiting for the, the defensive lineman to make the move and then he'll react, which is something that, you know, offensive tackles need to be good at because a lot of these guys are going to set you up almost like a, you know, a point guard with with a shake move or trying to you know break you down in space. But I like his ability to stay patient, 
when he is out there by himself. And I just think of the scheme fit. It would be a nice addition to have somebody like that and someone who's still learning and is going to have some growing pains early on. But Anton Harrison out of Oklahoma, Oklahoma State, like that's a guy that um, I think just makes a lot of sense for the Bears and what they want to do. So he, he would be a plug and play right tackle for you at day two, you think? If, if that's what the Bears want to do, like keeping Braxton Jones on the left side, um, I, I wonder if there'd be like a mini uh, a train camp battle. You know, to see if this this rookie from Oklahoma can go out there and start left tackle. It's better than Braxton Jones that didn't put him on the right side to see how that would shape up. But I think he has the footwork to to play the other side if that's what the Bears think is the best version of the, of the top five guys out there. That's all about like that's what it's all about getting your top five guys. I was just curious to see which which side you would you would see him on. And we've already had that discussion when we were talking about Jones, like. You could move Braxton over. Like mm-hmm. that is still a possibility. Like obviously you would hate to I don't I'm not gonna say you know throw away a whole year of development, but like a lot of reps were taken over there at that left tackle position and it will take some time to adjust. So it would be, I think, and it will be uh, eventually an interesting situation to see how the Bears want to handle adding more young tackles to this team and how it kind of impacts the rest of the line. Uh so for me. I'm going with the guy to Syracuse, 6'5", 318-pound Matthew Bergeron. Uh, he's a very versatile tackle that the more I look into, the more I like. He has a lot of experience. He's been playing since his freshman year. His frame's a little compact. He's not as lengthy as some other tackles in his draft class, but he still has uh, enough to play tackle at the NFL. And one thing I love about him is his run blocking ability. He's regarded as one of the best here in the entire draft uh, when it comes to run blocking. He does all of the things that you want him to do, including positioning, finishing, climbing to that second level. He, I can just see him right now opening up those rushing lanes for Fields and Herbert and Foreman. Like he would be one of the like a really good fit uh, for the Bears' outside zone scheme. And what I see about uh, him is a lot of concerns with his pass pro, and that's not nearly as good as his run blocking. And that's fine. Like, obviously, you're going to be more skilled in one versus the other. And for the Bears who want to protect Justin Fields, ideally you lean with someone who can be a better pass blocker maybe now. But even though Bergeron is a better run blocker, I feel like everything that he needs to clean up with his pass pro is coachable. It's hand placement, it's footwork, and it's just getting some more reps and just learning some more technique. And he plays with a high motor. He's a through-the-whistle guy, which is something that I know you and I both really appreciate. Good awareness, strong football IQ. And despite being a day-two talent, you know, borderline, maybe bottom end around one, early round mm-hmm. two, he is fourth, according to NFL.com's grades, uh, that's behind for all offensive linemen, not just tackles. That's behind Skoronsky, Broderick Jones, and JMS. And then you have Matthew Bergeron for their grades. So I think that would be a lot of bang for the buck when it comes to the Bears. And I did watch a matchup he had against Miles Murphy of Clemson. Mm-hmm. I watched that game tape. And Murphy did get a sack in that game, but I thought the QB held the ball just a little bit too long there. Could have moved, could have at least tried to do something. It's kind of like a statue in the pocket in that play. But there are a lot of plays where he was just like stymied, like at the line of scrimmage. Like Murphy was trying, you know, a move, his counter move, and just nothing, just like a wall right in front of him. Good mirroring, uh, got him to the ground a couple of different times. And that's, you know, a potential first round pick there too. And Miles Murphy. So Matthew Bergeron's a guy that I really like right now. And I would say, as of, you know, the disclaimer of April 6th, he is like my favorite day two offensive tackle. Yeah. And well, it's, it's going to be interesting too, because I think a lot of people right now, as of April 6th, are really focusing on the Bears taking taking a tackle with that that ninth overall pick. And if they don't, I know there's some people that have, uh, you know, just expressed on social media, uh, like that's going to maybe be a little concerning for, you know, them moving forward to see how it all shapes out. Like when will Ryan Poles draft an, you know, an offensive tackle to help out Justin Fields if he doesn't do it at number nine. But I think there are, there are guys that like the two we mentioned that yes, you're still getting higher end talent that can still contribute maybe there's a little bit more growing pains in terms of when they actually start and start playing meaningful snaps for the bears, but still guys that can grow into a, a starting role and be reliable players for, you know, this bears offensive line, but that's, that needs to start being more of a, uh, a consideration. I think where the bears don't take 
offensive lineman at number nine because they don't think the best player available on their board is one of these tackles. That can realistically be an option. And I know Paris Johnson Jr., Broderick Jones are at the top of a lot of people's lists, but it may not be for Ryan Poles and all the, the holes on this roster that they need to get impact players at. And maybe ideally, if they had the 15th slot or somewhere in that mid to teens, they could take one of these tackles and feel good about it because that is the best player available. But again, it may not be the case. And that I think we need to just start thinking about that a little bit more as we're getting closer 21 days to the draft actually starting. Did you have, do you have any like recollection of your just impression from Bergeron from like the senior bowl week? No, I, I'd be lying to say if I did. Well, um, yeah, I was really that week. Let's see. It was Cody Mauk. It was JMS. Mm-hmm. A lot of the, uh, not, and I guess, I mean, Cody Mauk could be interior, could be the tackle too, but yeah, those are, those are just two of the names I can remember off the top of my head that I really focus on for line play out of Tom uh, from defensive line mm-hmm. perspective, but Keon White. Now I'm thinking now I'm like now they're all coming to me. Now they're all nowhere, coming back. Yeah, we'll, yeah, we're yeah. gonna get there. You're like, oh, but this guy, Bergeron. No, it still has it. I don't know. Maybe there's some notes somewhere in my phone that uh, actually got a new phone, so they're not there. But m- oh. maybe there once at, at one point. Actually, no, everything transferred over, so it'd still be in there if I looked. But yeah, I can't say that. Um, I had a lot, if any, on during Senior Bowl week, and that's, that's such interesting. Man, I there's a lot of play. Yeah, there's just so much. Like, if you think of Bears practice, yes, you have the roster. I know, every, you know, everybody on there. This is like, oh, crap. <laughs> You're from North Dakota State to Alabama. All these things are happening at the same time. But, yeah, I can't say that I that I honestly remember. Good to know. about the new phone, you just needed, uh, what, a phone with a better camera, I'm assuming? Well, this one does have a better uh, camera, the S23 <laughs> Ultra. Had to get new. See, that's the problem. Like, I go through phones so quickly. Got to get new cases. This one's actually magnetic. Let's see if I can. Oh, finally, you're getting to the the mag safes kind of stuff. It's, it's slowly yeah. sliding though. It's it's going it down. Just crashes and you need a new phone again. <laughs> this is it's like slowly moving. If you're watching the YouTube, it's going to be out of screen. I'm going to make sure I catch that. Yeah, before. I was going to say, just get the phone. You're making me nervous. I'm sure you have a good protection plan on it, but damn, man. There we go. Now it's off screen. Ta-da. Um, so you talked about obviously the Bears need to address tackle. I, I think everybody knows that, and free agency apparently was not the place for it to happen. So it looks like it will mm-hmm. be the draft. If Ryan Poles doesn't say address offensive line, or in our case today, offensive tackle on day two, or I'm sorry, day one or two, is that a big mistake? Like, obviously, you go best player available. You stayed true to your board, but at one point or another, like, you got to start helping Justin. You got to start bringing talent. Like, would that be a mistake? I think it would, Will, because all every, not every pick has to be in mind what's going to be best to help Justin Fields, but that's what 2023 is about. And you gave him the wide receiver. Why are you going to stop there? You shouldn't stop there if you want to best see what Justin Fields can be. And we haven't, Will, we have not seen Ryan Poles yet, only year two as Bears general manager, invest a top, a day one, or I guess day two, he did draft fails Jones Jr., but like a day one pick or that second round pick on an offensive player yet, right? And he hasn't had that many opportunities to do so, but I think we I think we need to start seeing some high-end talent if he thinks it's right, just because, again, the end goal is seeing what Justin Fields can be as a passer. And if we do not know that, I've said that so many times in this podcast, but if we are in November, December. I'm like, man, he still doesn't have enough time. He's, you know, still trying to process things, but he's not able to complete the play because maybe the offensive line's not giving him time. That's a complete failure in my book. So I think, you know, maybe he can find talent later on, but I wouldn't bank on that. And the Bears have almost, would, let me ask you this, Will, do you think they pigeonholed themselves in a little bit to where they need to address the offensive line in the draft? because they didn't really do it at the tackle position in free agency. Then, and maybe they, there's still some options. There'll still be some cuts, but I was always thinking about that. Like the bears kind of telling their hand, like we, we need a draft tackle at some point and it's going to come in the draft. Is that an issue at all with you? I mean, I think it's threefold. There are three positions that they did the same exact thing for. That is three tech. That is edge. Yeah. And that is offensive tackle. And 
I don't think it's like a mistake by any means because I don't want him to be reckless. And by him, I mean polls like with spending in free agency and just, you know, throwing every dollar you have at players just to fill the positions like before the draft. Like, and we talked about it, like ideally in free agency, you can fill the holes and then you can draft supplements and figure it out from there and put the best 53 together when it comes to the end of the day. But at the same time, like you don't want to ruin your cap situation because like mm-hmm. you have a pressing need at tackle. But yeah, it does feel obvious what those holes are. They're pretty glaring. And I, I think it's weird because we shouldn't be surprised with like the positions they address. Maybe some of these players that they go after in the first couple of days. But at the same time, Nick, it's the NFL draft. And I feel like every single year, you know, we get surprised a little bit at like how it goes. There's been times with like, Roquan Smith was one I felt pretty good about. Daylon Johnson was another one I thought made a lot of sense. So with Ryan Poles, it'll be interesting to see like if it's as you know clear cut as it seems right now. But I feel like just like you, it is. Uh, I don't think it's a bad thing, uh, but it may make the first couple of days you know not as drama filled as we would like. But I still think that first round is going to be real interesting how it shakes out. Yeah, because I remember going back to 2018 when, you know, obviously Roquan Smith was drafted. We both identified it's linebacker. You went Roquan Smith. I went Tremaine Edmonds as a guy. Like, we 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 knew that it was going to be like a linebacker. We, or we felt good about them taking a linebacker at eight. At nine, you know, a couple years later, yeah, it could be a tackle. And I know people brought up uh, Jackson Smith and Jigba. Maybe it could be him. I can mm-hmm. see him giving more weapons. Could it be a defensive lineman? Like, Yo, this this is this is pretty up in the air as to what you know Ryan Poles can do. But I remember back in 2018, you know, you got the pick right, and now Tremaine Edmonds is here. So they eventually, you know, they they we got both the linebacker. Right. In a way, yeah, you were immediate. Mine just took what uh, four or five years later, however long that mm-hmm. was, to to eventually get that player uh, in Chicago. But yeah, at nine now, it's toss up. We'll see what uh, Ryan Poles thinks is uh, the best answer for the Bears at that position. Man, it's going to be interesting, but getting better protection for Dustin, we've gotten some playmakers now, just getting protection so these plays could just stay on schedule. And I feel like if you can keep him on schedule in a year two of an offense now, it's third year in the NFL, year two in the same scheme, same system, with a number one wide receiver you can rely on and DJ Moore, I just feel like things will click. Like he'll be able to hit the back of his drop, get the ball out, and we'll just be moving along. And it won't be as, what word do I want to use here to be polite? Chaotic uh, as it was last year uh, for him in the in the backfield, in the pocket, always being under duress and starting to you know feel that pressure and always feeling like he has to move, use his legs. Guys weren't creating separation. But now if you can have linemen that can keep you in the pocket, you can go through your reads, go through your progression, hit the back of your drop, let it go, fire, and I know he's a good thrower. I know he can be accurate. I know he can read defenses. He just needs time. And he's not going to have time until they address these tackle positions because, Nick, in the NFL, these edge rushers, it doesn't matter if they're on the left side or right side, they're dangerous. Absolutely. And I think, too, like the Bears are going to be down in some of these games next year. It's just going to happen. always happens every year. But it would be nice, Will, if the Bears still had an opportunity to pass themselves into a game because they have guys that can block up front for a little bit longer than usual so that even if that circumstance does happen, that situation, like, hey, let's let Justin Fields try to pass us back into the game. And we keep uh, we have Matt Nagy in the chat saying 130 yards passing a game. Yeah, that needs to obviously increase. Oh, yeah. We need, it needs to be better than that. And Justin Fields needs to run less. I don't want to see him probably get over 1,000 yards rushing again because I think that's – it was great to see highlight plays. We were in the press box, Will, when when he broke off some of those long runs. It was amazing. But I think the best way for Justin Fields and this offense to have the most sustained success is if he probably takes it back a notch on the running, is able to pass the ball a little bit more, and then we're seeing a complete diverse offense that could still incorporate Fields running. But, man, yeah, he can sling it too and will have the opportunity to actually pass the ball because he has time back there to throw. We went through a whole episode just about talking about offensive line and drafting linemen and moving players around and how's everyone fit. And then I still going back to like, oh, crap, we have this guy named Tevin Jenkins that I'm just trying to figure out, like, where's he going to go right now, too? And you and I talked about that either a week or two weeks ago. I don't want to rehash it, but I thought it was interesting. Like, you know, we're 
micro focused on the edges, the tackles. And then like, I know like they've added more to the interior and I'm excited mm-hmm. about the addition of Nate Davis and seeing it all kind of works out. <laughs> but at the same time, like there are a lot of question marks and that's what, you know, OTAs are going to kind of help us kind of get a better understanding of where things go after the draft when Pulse comes up to the podium, give us a more clear understanding of his vision because he has to keep a lot of cards close to the chest right now. He can let us know the master plan that he's been working on since last season all along. I'm sure I'm sure it's been, you know, that debacle, uh, if you will. But yeah, I- I'm excited to see where it goes. But uh, if we want Justin to reach the heights, that we know he has the potential to do so. It all starts with better protection. He already got the playmaker. He just needs he needs someone to protect both sides. And I feel good about Braxton. It just depends on where he ends up to next year. So yeah, a lot of fun variables that we're going to figure out here pretty soon. And no doubt about it. And like the interior of the O line has improved, but you're having guys play different positions. Like Cody Whitehair is probably going to be your starting center uh, when it comes to Week One, and Tevin Jenkins is going to be playing a position. Like he he had to adjust to right guard, did some good things, but it looks like now he's gonna have to adjust to the left guard. It's nothing is it's not guaranteed, but you're hoping that it works. So that's why too, like we talked about tackles, our day two tackles. I think the next one's like our day two interior offensive lineman too that we have to probably look at just for you know the future. Um, as you're looking at centers and guys that can be here after Cody Whitehair, because the guys I feel like the guys played almost every position, every interior position at least since he's got been drafted in 2016 because dude just constantly moves around and now he looks mm-hmm. like he's going back to center. It's weird. I mean, same thing with Tevin Jenkins. He got drafted. Like, is he your yeah. left tackle? Okay. Right tackle. Okay. Right guard. Okay. Split time <laughs> at right guard. And now maybe left to guard. Like I feel for that guy because he's a talented kid. I know he has some injury histories, but he is a talented kid and to get moved around so much, like it frustrates me. I couldn't imagine being his, but like, all right, I got this position down. They're like, Hey, Take everything. Remember it, because we may have to put you back there one day, but yeah, now we're going to yeah. add this to your plate. And just letting you know, like we expect, you know, similar results. I mean, he was a top-rated left, right guard, excuse me, right guard, according to PFF, like a top-graded guy last year, Tevin Jenkins mm-hmm. was. It was just availability there towards the middle end of this season. All right, so up next, we're going to answer some of your questions. We're going to share some messages from some awesome partners of ours. But while we do that, Feel free if you have a Bears question, whether it's draft related, anything at all, throw it in the comments and Lawrence on the back end will throw them up and we'll end the show with some really awesome questions. Before we get to that, I want to let you know about FOCO. Chicago, you've already got the best coverage for your favorite team, so get fitted out in the best sports gear around. FOCO got you covered from the Soldier Field to the living room, north or south side, with hoodies, slippers, signs, bobbleheads, and everything in between. Get decked out like Damar with apparel from the leader in sports, merch, and collectibles, FOCO. Looking for the perfect gift for the football fan in your life? FOCO's got you covered with hoodies to fight that Lake Michigan breeze. So check out FOCO.com or click the link in the description below for all non-presale items use the promo code chgo for 10 percent off and tell everybody about comed the comed energy efficiency program is committed to helping families and businesses in the communities we serve save money and energy comed offers free facility assessments that can help find you energy saving opportunities whether it's lighting hvac systems commercial kitchen equipment or industrial processes an authorized engineer, you guys, will work with you to develop a detailed assessment plan specific to your goals and needs, and they can be done in person or virtually in less approximately two hours. Don't wait. Get started saving money and energy today for energy-saving tips and to schedule your free facility assessment. Go to comad.com slash poweringbiz. So with all those great benefits and perks, are you ready to sign up for your facility assessment. Of course you are, but first you got to call them at 1-855-433-2700 during normal business hours to speak with a ComEd Energy Efficiency Program representative. You can email businessee at comed.com or request an assessment online on their website at comed.com slash facility assessment. All right, let's get to it. Let's get to some Bears questions. Excited to see uh, what came in it doesn't seem like a bunch here today but that's okay but we have good questions from ron burgundary what position that no one is talking about that you would like to see the bears draft for no offensive lineman no defensive lineman and no corner backs nick can i say tight end is that fair i want to see yeah, them draft a tight end that. at some point you have robert tunyon to be your tight end too 
But last year when they brought in James O'Shaughnessy and Ryan Griffin, to me, it was smelling like they wanted to have three capable tight ends. Like they planned on having three capable tight ends. And I was very impressed by the growth we saw to Cole Komet in this new offense, unlocking him a bit, seven receiving touchdowns last year. Like, that's great. Like, let's build upon that. And Robert Tunyon, I think, is a great tight end, too. He's on a one-year deal. So drafting someone like a, a Luke Schoonmaker from tight end out of Michigan I talked about in the podcast before mm-hmm. would be interesting. Uh, I think, obviously, Tunyon could be a one-and-done here in Chicago, not because I don't think he's going to fail, but he could play well enough and get a you know more of a multi-year contract somewhere else with a better chance to start. The Bears will have to re-sign Cole Komet here eventually so having a, a guy that you can draft in the middle rounds to be in a rookie contract that has potential to grow into a you know a capable tight end too and be another weapon for justin in those situations i'd be more than happy for yeah i'm gonna double down on that i see rob here laporta nick can have his iowa connection instead of with lucas van ness hey that that'll make me happy that'll fulfill my <laughs> iowa hawkeyes need with laporta you know maybe that's a guy in the third round hopefully if he gets there but he would fit a lot with what the Bears are looking for at the tight end position and, you know, have more of a, uh, I guess, a long-term answer, too, to go with Cole Komet once he gets his contract extension. So I see that being there. I know in the original question, wide receiver wasn't mentioned as one of the three that he said uh, not to mention. So a wide receiver, even if that's in the third or fourth round, it doesn't have to be Jackson Smith and Jigba or Zay Flowers, the top two guys I think um, a lot of people mock to the Bears. But if you were to go get somebody else and, you know, I'm going to throw out my guy, Jaden Reed or, you know, Michael Wilson, like there are guys later in the draft that I think will also be guys that you don't have to necessarily count on, right? You have DJ Moore, Darnell Moon, Chase Claypool, Bayless Jones, your equanimity St. Brown. You don't need to actually rely on, on one of those guys, but if they have decent numbers and see, a, you know, a handful of targets, that's good. It's good that they don't have to have that pressure on them initially, but they could still, you know, be a part of like the group, the receiving core that, you know, Justin Fields will obviously utilize, but wide receiver is another one. And if they do it later in the draft, I'm perfectly fine with that too. I totally forgot that St. Brown signed an extension. It was so early in the off season. I was like, St. Brown, he's still here. He is still here. You're right. Like when I go through like my depth chart in my head, it goes, more Mooney, Claypool, and then I always go Valus. But I forgot that ESB, EQ, he's still here right now. So he's still yeah, there. He's still Hanging here. He is. Wow. Well, maybe not the footballs, but that's, that's besides the point. <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh, boy. I said it. I said it. All right. Uh, I saw another good question from, yeah, Juan. Which position should we definitely not draft, in your opinion? Punter? Because we got Gil? Uh, outside of that, though, like, I feel like anything could be open. Okay, have- I'm going to try to make the argument here for, for safety, um, but hmm. I can see it. I can still see it, but uh, like you have Eddie Jackson, you have Brisker, you had Elijah Hicks, who, who still may be someone that can you know get onto the field. But oh, yeah, see. Who else you got? Yeah, yeah. Did, did the Bears – wait, okay, am I crazy? DHC, is he is he still here? Did he sign his contract? Like I, I, I'm sure Gary Ross knows because he, he's – got everything down but i don't think so (gasps) oh no that's uh, i feel like i would know yeah i feel like i would know too but maybe because i haven't heard or because i just expect him to be on the roster okay there's gary he's a free agent Mm -hmm. i I like me some dhc he's just reliable he's someone that you can count on he's made plays but maybe that's one position that's the only one that i could really like actually vouch for that they shouldn't draft but even then i'm stretching here uh, i've already run out of my reason so uh, everything else like this the football team needs playmakers at a lot of positions and outside of maybe punter and safety like they everything's everything's on the table yeah i said that's right Ugh. everything Ugh. i made that meme i, I remember do, doing that just putting the word everything on top of a wooden table <laughs> fun stuff uh gary ross can you find me a flying taxi to help me get to the draft party man i don't know if we can um, but 2025 though will i think yeah, that's gonna to be a thing to the future, right that's gonna be interesting yeah that will be interesting i want i definitely want to try it um i don't know have you done a helicopter seemed, before yet uh like a, no i no. uh we stephanie and i we booked our helicopter in hawaii though in may so we are we're the no uh no door one so oh good Yep. 
I mean, it's gonna be fun. Sit on the outside. I it? promise. It's How cold is it? Is it cold? I wore like, up there? I wore like a zipper, like a little like fleece thing to put okay. on because it gets a little cold and the wind goes in there. Yeah. But the no door is awesome. Like the fact that you can put like if you wanted to like your foot out a little bit oh, and like yeah. it's just hanging over. The one thing though is at least the helicopter I was in that it was like one of those like the seatbelt had like the button. And I kept realizing mm -hmm. my elbow kept hitting, like was like resting on that button. Oh, I was like, oh man, please. <laughs> oh, no. I got to stay latched in this helicopter. We're pretty high up over this ocean. So yeah, definitely do the outside. I'm sure Stephanie would appreciate that too. If you took the mm -hmm. outside yeah, a and don't hit the button on the seatbelt. That is, that's scary. <laughs> it's like you're, you're high up. Uh, no. Yeah. I'll make sure no elbows are near any buttons at any point of this helicopter ride. And I think we're going to go see the part where they film like Jurassic Park or like a portion of Jurassic Park. I'm, I'm so down. I, I freaking love Jurassic Park when I was younger. So I'm getting to oh, see. Oh, okay. So I think memories. it's what Malachi, if I remember correctly, but uh, I could be wrong. Dang, Lawrence man. is all things Hawaii. Uh, so yeah, that's true. Never been to Kauai though. I, I think I think they filmed in Kauai, so I, I mean I think. Yeah, yeah. I told you I would be wrong. Yeah. All right, that's all I needed to know. I just like hearing you say Molokai. Does the Duke have a flying car? That's what Josh was asking. Uh, probably. I mean, let's be honest yeah. here. Fun. Uh, I think we just had an appearance by Casey in the background too of Lawrence. So that yeah, was I did see for, that. Yep. For a mini second, and then he said, uh, "What was that? I saw another one about two-hour drives suck." Yeah, talk about a four and a half yeah. to five hour drive every time i have to make it up man <laughs> and then i have to do it both ways in the same day sometimes uh so yes i understand that drives do suck uh but yeah. let's see is there any other questions real quick before we kind of get out um is there a backup qb that you would like to draft uh from daniel uh he's partial to jaron hall i know hooker has been like the the big one but i feel like his stock has risen enough where like i don't know if that's gonna work yeah, I mean, that guy, it seems like more and more times I'm seeing mock drafts or top 100. He's like borderline end of first, second round guy. And I mean, he's talented. Um, I did actually, so maybe to kind of answer to help Daniel show, like uh, we have Dennis Clark signed Cam Newton at backup of Justin Fields. I don't know if you saw this video circulating on social media. I literally have that in my notes to make sure that I we hit on that. But yeah, Justin was third uh, that he listed mm -hmm. of like, you know, I, I want to be a starter. I, I, I am better than, you know, some other guys starting, but I can back up some players. And it was, I think Cam, uh, it went, uh, Cam Newton said it was, let's see if my memory serves me correctly. It was what, Deshaun Watson was two? Or was and Lamar Jackson two? Oh, no, and Lamar Deshaun is two, you're right. So one. Deshaun Watson, Lamar Jackson, and then Justin Fields. He didn't really say any reason why Justin, but Fields is number three. But that's not happening. No, it's not happening. But it it's a guy that, you know, obviously had a lot of success in the league, being a former MVP, someone who was able to impact the game with his legs, a bigger body quarterback. Um, but, it, you know, it's uh, it was interesting to hear him because I think he also – if I'm not mistaken, through at Auburn's pro day, uh, mm -hmm. um, Cam Newton, just to, you know, show he still got it, but yeah, you know, uh, where is it? Rob actually Malik Cunningham in the seventh. If you want another quarterback thing, Pete with Peterman and the bears did, uh, resign Nathan Peterman. So you have PJ Walker, Peterman, and obviously Justin Fields being your, your quarterback room right now. I wonder if, I wonder if the bears use one of those draft picks on a quarterback. They have 10. 10 draft picks as it stands right now, as of, you know, April 6th, April 6th. I say no, <laughs> I say no, they don't, they don't end up using one, but I know like that would be a smart thing for the bears to just, just take a flyer. Why not? Why not take a, a guy late, late and see what he can develop into. But yeah, I, I don't think, uh, I, as, again, I don't think they do it as of today. Yeah. And obviously like you can have someone maybe to develop, Maybe they just kind of fall through the cracks, but at the end of the day, at least you're trying, you're taking shots. I mean, you can end up, you know, you can have a Brock Purdy, and then you can also have a uh, what a Dan Lefevre. I, I think it was a <gasps> mid-round Bears quarterback draft pick that didn't mm -hmm. do all too much here uh, in Chicago. But I, I think we're at time here, Nick, so I'm going to call an yeah. episode. There's some other good questions about other running backs we're looking into from Rob. I saw that. Uh, I have not looked too much in like day three running backs. So that's actually a good homework assignment for me. I appreciate it, Rob. Uh, and then Ron had another good question about cap casualties. I'm like, still kind of waiting on that too right now, but uh, I appreciate those questions. And I think they're awesome ones that kind of help me kind of, you know, when I'm sitting here working on some other stuff behind the scenes, hmm, 
what should, what should I be looking into here for the Bears? So I appreciate the thoughts and input. But Nick, any final thoughts before I wrap up? No, well, uh, we've been having to switch up kind of our Chicago Audible throwback, you know, shows. But you know, we did it this week because tomorrow we will have Braxton Jones in studio at the the CHGO Sports Studio. So definitely check that. Out. It's going to be at a different time. Two thirty is the plan for that show. So if you don't see us go live at noon. Uh, don't worry. We'll be there. We'll be live at, at 2.30 Central Time, so you're going to want to tune into that show, see what Braxton Jones has to say, and you know it should be a good time, good way to wrap up the week, and you know next time we, we meet up, we'll, we'll be that much closer to the draft, and maybe we'll have some different players to discuss at number nine, or maybe a trade-down scenario. Who knows? You're just going to have to tune in to see what we have in store with our Bears content. I am excited to see your guys' interview with Braxton Jones. We've talked about offensive tackles for tomorrow will be like day yeah. three in a row. So mm-hmm. I feel like you're going to be well-versed, well-coached up, and you're going to have some awesome questions for Braxton. So I want to make sure nobody misses that episode. Again, it's going to be at 2.30, not noon. So expect the show to be a little later, but it's worth the wait. Braxton Jones will be in studio. It's going to be a great episode but that's gonna do it for us here today i hope you enjoyed the show looks like people did at least according to the comments i appreciate all the kind words i really do Uh, but i'll see you all next week Uh, don't forget to give this video a like before you leave and of course bear down chicago